Welcome to the Hippodrome. <laughs> so I'm Steve Barker. This is a wrestling and fake sports history podcast. I'm here with... I'm Tyler Swain, and I'm here with Steve. So I figured we'd uh, start off. I'd just give a little background information on uh, why it's called a hip- Welcome to the Hippodrome. Yes, we should do that because, <laughs> number one, it's important for our fans to know why we named the podcast this, obviously. And number two, I I forget. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you're going to remind me here. Yeah. So um, in the late 1800s, there was the Industrial Revolution was still going on, and it was creating a lot of opportunities for leisure time for different classes. So spectator sports saw a rise in popularity. Partially as a result of this, British and American sports started developing official rule books. This is the period we see most of the modern sports be either invented or codified into structured activities. There's also a whole slew of other sports that become popular and have since faded away. So a lot of these events took place in what was called hippodromes. Uh, the original hippodromes, they were chariot racing circuits in classical Greece. So they used to fix the chariot racing? So they would, yeah, they would, it was a big problem, I guess, with chariot racing. They really? would have fixed matches, yeah. That's pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they eventually brought it over in the 19th century to Britain and America, um, and they would have various dip- different types of events in there, boxing, wrestling, and still do chariot racing. Chariot racing. It was How do you fix a chariot race? Well, you know, you, you, I guess <laughs> the same way you fix anything, you have someone pull up a little bit, you know, you have someone look like they're trying to win, but, uh, don't try as hard as they want, you know, uh, maybe, oh, yeah, I guess maybe you do something to the horses. The horse. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. In my mind, I don't know. Wow. I'm tired. I think I thought the horses were in on it, but the people weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I'm very sleepy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think that was the case. Right. I mean, there's not a lot of documentary evidence about. Exactly the details of how they fix the chariot races, but so it could be that we're I, not ruling out the fact that it could have been very smart horses. Yes, but it also wasn't true. Right. right. <laughs> so, um, so during this time, baseball, boxing, and wrestling were already around for a while, and they gained traction quickly in this new environment of sports becoming uh, codified with new rules and competition. Wrestling, from almost the start, gets a reputation of being controversial and often is called fake. I hate it. You hate it? I hate that when people call it fake. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Oh, it's just, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I have a strong opinion (laughs) that it's not fake. (laughs) See, I like going the other way and calling other sports fake. Well, that's really the right option. I was just trying to lend a voice (laughs) to the people that hate it. Because most people really do hate it. Most wrestling fans are like, how dare you call it? This is one of my biggest pet peeves of wrestling fans. They go, how dare you call it fake? And then they show, like, uh, Joey Mercury's nose getting broken. Like, that's real. It's like, yeah, but they, they messed up. They were, try- <laughs> they were trying to be very fake. Right, right, And right. then they messed up, and now he has a broken nose. Yeah. Like, they always show, like, examples of, like, injuries in wrestling. It's like, see, it's real. It's like, no, they're trying very hard to be fake. Right. And some people mess up, you know. Sometimes things go wrong. Take Sorry a risk. Sorry for the tirade. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I mean, and you can see the opposite way, like, too. Like, uh, I don't think I've ever seen um, our uncle get more mad than when I called uh, the Patriots out for cheating at sports. Right. And I said that I was saying it in a positive way. Like, I think <laughs> I think more teams should cheat. Remember but. when you used you, uh, they, we had a paddle boat race in Maine? Yeah. And you held the other team's paddle boat back, and he was furious at you <laughs> for, like, for like fixing the like, the race, yeah. Okay. Are we do we swear on this? You can swear. Okay, because I just said the f word. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> fixing, uh, fixing. Yeah. yeah, that's the f word for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, he didn't like that. But I think more sports would be more entertaining if they were fixed. They always are when they're yeah. like when the Super Bowl is a close game and like you can tell they're just like fixing it. It's right. like, yeah, that's entertaining to me. That's the way it should be. I don't know who's gonna listen to this podcast, <laughs> but if there was a football fan listening, I think we may have lost them with that. Because well, they probably people love football. <laughs> <laughs> they love to think that that's all real and stuff. Right, right. We sound like lunatics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to I didn't mean to boot like to, to support you so much on this theory, <laughs> but it is also my theory, so it's, it's coming out. Well, I know that uh, I think Gordon Soley, uh, who was a famous wrestling announcer in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, who Jim Ross says is the greatest wrestling announcer of all time, he was adamant that he thought football was fake. It was fixed. How else were you? It's, you're not going to get right. entertainment unless you pull a few puppets. You know what I mean? There's also the slight chance that us watching wrestling all our life has completely warped <laughs> our, yeah. our sense of reality. We're in like such a denial that we can't. Like It's like someone told us that Santa Claus was right. real. Like, well, how do we know anything's real? <laughs> <laughs> and we just apply that theory to everything. Everything now. <laughs> that is a very good chance. Right. But at the same time, we, I mean, we... The way we look at wrestling is like we know it's fake in the sense of like a dramatic performance. Sure. So we can recognize the aspects of a of a dramatic performance in other things now because we understand the uh, like the mental psychology of right. how to build a dramatic performance. So when you see those actual aspects played out almost perfectly in a football game, right. it's hard to say that that's all real. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. couldn't have scripted it better. Right. It's like, exactly. well, yeah. well, maybe that's what happened. Yeah. Um, but I'm for it. Wrestling, like I said, was controversial from the beginning. But here's the thing, like, you know, going back to other sports around this time is baseball and boxing, which were kind of the other two big sports. Uh, they were also criticized really early on for having fixed matches. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yep, that's right. It was uh, he, he fi- supposedly allegedly fixed the World Series. Yeah. So they're like, sir, you must wear shoes. Right. I was listening. <laughs> I don't think that was the controversy. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know about it. Right. So I'm just assuming he wasn't wearing shoes, and that helps you hit home runs better. Yeah. But, I mean, th- there was a uh, baseball fixing controversy in the 1860s that was a big deal, actually, um, that I was reading was about that, recently. Not the White Sox? Uh, before the White Sox. The White Sox was 1919. Oh. And there's also speculation that the 1918 World Series uh, was also uh, fixed. Was that? the year the Red Sox won mm-hmm. so that must have not been fixed then right yeah <laughs> we can't lose them all <laughs> all right all right fair keep, enough <laughs> gotta keep some of the locals <laughs> um so a lot of these events took place in hippodromes so hippodroming started becoming a term uh that would define a fixed sporting event okay uh, like I said, we're focusing mostly on wrestling. Uh, we might touch on some other sports like this. Like, try not to offend people if yeah, fans of other sports, <laughs> but it will probably happen. Um, but it's important to just know that all sports have struggled with cheating and fixing throughout history. Mm-hmm. Even um, the WNBA. Really? Is, are you thinking of a specific event of the WNBA? I know you are known wanna, as a scholar of the WNBA. I didn't want to marginalize our female audience, That's fair. so I want them to know that they're also living a lie. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe we can do a roller derby episode somewhere okay, down the line. Finally, yeah. yeah. The fans have been clamoring for a roller derby episode <laughs> for the past uh, eight minutes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> one of these guys going to get to roller derby. <laughs> um, so, but I think that's one of the things that makes wrestling so fascinating is that, uh, like you said, 
you know, like the White Sox scandal, like every other sport kind of had this kind of seminal event or many events where everyone kind of cracked down and said, let's start these fixing and faking matches. And it never really happens in pro wrestling. No one oh, ever yeah, really, yeah. Well, right. why, I mean, yeah. there's no need to. Right. <laughs> yeah, it makes it more entertaining. It was working. Yeah. Um, so that's why, you know, this it's all about showmanship and, you know, um, creating more of a spectacle. So, uh, just to give you a little background on the period of wrestling we're talking about here, in the early eighteen, in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, there was a number of top American wrestling stars who wrote, come to prominence. William Muldoon is one of the big names. He actually goes on to be uh, the New York State Athletic Commissioner for years of all sports, and that's probably helped out with things, you know, wrestling not ever being cracked down upon. Hmm. Um, Evan Strangler-Lewis is a big wrestler. Martin Farmer-Burns, who I know you're a huge fan of. Love Farmer-Burns. Yep. Uh, Dan McLeod. Pat uh, McLeod's older brother. Dan <laughs> McLeod. Older brother. Not great, great distant relative. Right. Pat's older brother from the late 18... 18- <laughs> was it late 1800s? Late 1800s. All right. Uh, Tom Jenkins and Frank Gotch are some of the biggest names of this period. I know Gotch. You know Gotch? Yeah, well, that's my bumper sticker. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I know Gotch. <laughs> People say, what's that mean? I say, you got to listen to the Hippodrome. Yes. Yeah. You got to get gotch. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just gotcha. <laughs> gotcha? Yeah. Um, so a lot of times what how they would set up these matches is they'd have an American wrestler uh, take on a foreign wrestler. So they Because had, of xenophobia. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And racism. They played a part in it, too. I mean, those those go hand in yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Cannon, he's from England. So um, that was more just pure xenophobia. Xenophobia, yeah. Uh, Ernst Rober from Germany. He was a big name around this time. Uh, yes. Uh, he was William Muldoon's uh, protege. Oh, wow. Rober. Yep. Uh, the Russian lion, George Hackenschmidt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that a roar? <laughs> okay. He's from... I don't know how to do a Present-day Estonia. <laughs> with a Russian accent, though. I'm sorry. I think I let everyone down. I roared. They were like, that line's not from Russia. Well, we can. you can work on it and come back. And yeah. George Hackensmith's a big name, so I'm sure it's not the last time we'll, you'll have your chance to do to your roar. Russian lion roar. Deal. All right. Uh, so there's a lot of material out there about those stars, but I figured we'd start off talking about someone who's not as well covered. Uh, so we're going to talk about Yusuf Ismaili's uh, 1898 American tour. Yusuf? 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 <laughs> Yusuf. 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 Yusuf is Mali. He's, so, I mean, there's a lot of diff- different ways that his name's written. Sometimes it's Yusuf, sometimes it's Yusuf, Ismali, Ismail, Ishmael. Uh, so, I'm going to call him Yusuf for mostly for this. All right. Yeah. I'll call him Ishmael. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so, he was also known as the Terrible Turk. Aha! Yeah. From the Ottoman Empire. Um but uh, he's from uh, the same country that Rusev is, cu- is from now. Rusev Crush. Mm-hmm, that's Rusev right. Rusev Day. Rusev and Yusef. Rusev Crush is old, right? <laughs> Rusev Crush is old. <laughs> I haven't watched the modern day product in a long time. Yeah, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> You're more of a... I'm more of a Yusef guy myself. Yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't yeah, watched I, the modern day product like it's since... Like, ever since Gotch and Hackenschmidt got in the game. Right, kind yeah. of like, you know. Yeah. Th- those are my guys. Right. Uh... So on February nineteenth, eighteen ninety-eight, Yusuf. I, I read their descriptions of their body, and I lay down and I put on some ASMR, and I just imagine what their matches would look like <laughs> for hours. Um, that's a good way to spend your time. I agree. Um, 
So Yusuf Abdali ar- arrives in February 19th, 1898 in New York. The newspapers announced uh, that his agent, Antonio Pieri. Hey, Antonio Pieri. Wait, is it French? I think so. Hey, he, he, was, he was from France. Italian, right? It does sound very Italian. I don't know. I don't know what what country he's originally is from. He was, maybe that. Maybe that's how it should be pronounced. <laughs> yeah. He was a big French wrestling star. Oh, so maybe okay. it's it maybe he's it's probably French. French, right? Probably, Pierre, right? yeah. Uh, and uh, his backer, Monsieur Double. Okay, that one. That one's French. <laughs> that's French, right? So they do come from Paris. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot you're reading. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have the information in front of you. Right. I'm not just making it up. As yeah, I'm over here making inferences. <laughs> um, so they come on a steamer called Lena. Uh, you know, I've been reading a lot of these old newspapers, you know, studying these things, and they always seem to reference the name of the the liner that it comes from, like the, the ship it arrives in. That's weird. I guess that's a big Must deal at the thing. time. Must yeah. be an old thing, like the Titanic and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. And Tom Cannon from England. Do you think any wrestlers came over on the Titanic? Oh, wait, oh, yeah. On the Titanic? No, it was going the other the, way. I forgot about the tragic ending of the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> was that going the other way, too? It was going the other way, also. It was leaving America? It was leaving America. How I do think, I know? It? I yeah. think I'm dumb now. I think I was smart for, like, most of my life. I think I'm dumb. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I'm kind of upset about it, but why don't I know these things anymore? Was Titanic leaving America, though? I don't I, think so. It was. Was it coming to America? We need a producer. All right. I hope uh, that doesn't. That, I hope that doesn't do anything with the fucking uh, feed. I just. I get worried. But go ahead. You probably have a much better computer than my old Mac. <laughs> <laughs> don't open two two windows at once. <laughs> okay, folks, we're taking a quick turn, real quick. It was coming to New York. It was coming to New York from Southampton, England. England. So could Tom Cannon could have been on Tom the Cannon ship. could have been on the ship. Okay. Yeah. Except it wasn't that year. Oh, wait, right. It was, it was 14 years later. 14 years later. Okay. So it was not too far off. Could have been on a replica Titanic. It could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, they had a lot of ship troubles around this time, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry about that. That's okay. But Tom the Titanic was fixed. <laughs> you think the that's Titanic? why we brought it up. <laughs> yeah. All I right. Think, I think they were like, this is kind of a boring ship ride without an iceberg. Right. Yeah. They did build it up pretty big to be like, oh, unsinkable. Like, yeah. you can't do it. It was and the un- like, unbeatable force versus an iceberg. <laughs> you know that old saying? <laughs> no. Uh, so Tom Cannon is there as well. Right off the bat, uh, Dublier issues a challenge on their arrival. So this is what he says to the world. I, Monsieur Dublier, hey, Monsieur Dublier, do here and now challenge, do here now challenge, any man in America, any American man, on behalf of Yusuf. On behalf of Yusuf. The Turkish champion. <laughs> I don't know how to do French accents. <laughs> the, Turkish, the champion de, de, la, de los Turkis. <laughs> uh, the favorite of the Sultan. <laughs> what was it? The favorite of the Sultan. The favorite, favorite of the Sultan only. To wrestle in the Greco-Roman style. To wrestle in the Greco-Roman <laughs> style. That's <laughs> not a pledge. <laughs> Due to like Catholic Church, yeah. <laughs> the match to be the best of two or three falls. The match to be the best out of two or three falls for five hundred dollars. Five hundred American dollars. Right. So um, that was fun. <laughs> you like that? Huh? We should do more things. But I just repeat you <laughs> in different voices. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be opportunities. So 
Greco-Roman style, just a note, they, it mentions a lot here. Uh, so in Greco-Roman style, you only grab the wrestler above the waist. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is opposed to what was becoming more and more popular in America and, and England at the time, which was catch-as-catch-can wrestling, uh, where you can grab any part of the body. Right. Sexy wrestling, as I call it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Yusuf comes in with a lot of fanfare and a huge reputation, and they make a lot of claims about him. Um, I'm going to pull up uh, just a picture of him. I know you've, you have sh- you saw him before, but I don't know if you want to try to describe him. He's a brute. He's a brute. He's a short. He looks short. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't see his legs too much. Yeah. He's 6'2". Uh, he's stout. <laughs> he's got a sick-ass mustache, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's very long and narrow, and his arms are big, and uh, he looks hot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're into Yusuf. Yeah, show me more, man. <laughs> um, I, got, I got another Yusuf pick. Damn. We got to make a calendar of these guys. <laughs> 2019, baby. Hang these men up on my wall. <laughs> Wait, what's that symbol to the left of them? Uh, I think that's the Imperial Order, it says. The Imperial Order. So I think it's some Ottoman Empire symbol that it has next to uh, it. Okay. So Weird. Again, the xenophobia is big on this. Yeah, yeah. So. He's from the Ottoman Empire. That's right. He's a bad guy. <laughs> so he, he's, he's not well received uh, by people. Why would he be? He's, he's scary. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, so Yusuf was 32 years old. Uh, he was a former Turkish soldier. And they said that he had never been thrown. All Turkish wrestlers have met him and gone down, often with broken legs or sprained backs. Damn. So Sprained back. That's a tough injury. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, so, he, so I know you said that he looked short, but once again, he was six foot two. He lo- oh he's not short. No no that was just because it's a well, picture. I'm I'm uh, six seven so so okay. to me to me six two is actually a little short. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, he was two hundred and sixty pounds. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Uh, his shoulders, his arms, and his legs display wonderful muscular development. I was right about that. That's right. <laughs> he, I should have been I should have been able to be right about everything since I <laughs> looked at a picture of him. <laughs> Uh, None of this should be a surprise to me. <laughs> like I was right about how he I, looked. I, I should be able to look at a picture of him and then describe him, and then you tell me the accu- actual description and have it be, be more accurate than me. <laughs> but, but go on. Tell me more about how I was somehow wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it was probably an artist rendition. Was that a photograph? That was an artist rendition. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what photographs are. <laughs> I've given that uh, use up. Yusef. Yusef. Yeah. Uh, so they said that uh, because he looked so big that people were skeptical of his ability as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his manager said that this is the portion of his anatomy that is worked on and decreased while training. So what? his gut. So I bet I was saying that he looked kind of fat. Oh. He looked kind of overweight. So he was uh, body shaming But he's him. like, they're body shaming him. And he's like, don't worry. Once he gets into like ring shape, like it's going to be a little bit different story. Okay. So. Um, so Yusuf was claimed to be undefeated and was apparently a big hit with the Sultan Abdul Hamid II of the Ottoman Empire, who showered Yusuf with gifts. Ah. So Yusuf eventually asked to go to other countries to wrestle. Uh, and the Sultan, who was said to love his meta muscle, initially refused, but later allowed it so when it was me and the Sultan have in common. Yeah. Uh, but later allowed it when it was explained to him how beating wrestlers from various countries would contribute to the glory of the Sultan. 
So okay. he's just not a guy stepping off the boat. This is directly from the court of the Sultan of they the Ottoman Empire. They order him to go over and just kick the shit out of Americans. Right, yeah. <laughs> to, to, for the, to glorify the Ottoman Empire. That's right. From the Sultan himself. Very similar to how Rusev was sent to America <laughs> by Putin to, right. <laughs> to defeat American wrestlers in the WWE. Almost identical. Yeah. You think that was a recycled? Has anyone else between Rusev and Yusef? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe like a, a Tusef or, or a, <laughs> a Threesef? Yeah. Uh, no, there's a lot of people who do that kind of thing and try to like tie themselves directly to, to the leader of the country. Okay. That's pretty sick. Um, but uh, she does it, yeah. Uh, but Yusef and Rusev, both because their names kind of sound alike and yeah. because they're uh, the from the country. same country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, uh, glowing yes similarities mm-hmm. uh, so Yusuf was said that uh, they said that he went to Paris and defeated uh, a number of unnamed French champions uh, this is where he met Antonio Perry who was known as the terrible Greek so ah. there we go oh, so Perry was Greek. Greek yes what he's got an Italian name I don't know anything about <laughs> maybe it's maybe that's a Greek name Antonio that's Italian. Antonio that's Greek it's usually Italian I think but like, I guess it's Greek too well because I when I just said Antonio like my, yeah like Antonio Rocca right Antonio Inoki the big uh well he's I guess that's a bad example why Inoki's a Japanese wrestler yeah Antonio Inoki famous Italian wrestler so he's Greek He's Greek. Okay. So he was known as the Terrible Greek. So that's how uh, Yusuf get the moniker of the Terrible Turk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So Antonio Perry was a former world champion and it was a cafe owner of considerable means. Owned a cafe? He owned a cafe. That's badass. Yeah. That is a terrible Greek. <laughs> so uh, Pierre claimed that he had once wrestled Yusuf and wanted no more of him. So that's why he signed up with Yusuf to be his backer because they had wrestled. He's scared. He's scared. He's like, he I, I want to be on this guy's team. Okay. I get it. So h- how that was set up. So Yusuf could not speak English. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Dublier could speak Turkish to Yusuf. And then Dubier would translate to Pierre in French. And then Pierre would then translate to English to talk to the reporters. So anytime we hear words that Yusuf supposedly said, we're going through two separate translators to so get to it. Third hand. Yes. Okay. So So how do we even trust them? So it's Turkish to French to English. Okay. So just just to know as we as we're talking about it, how how it comes along. So, so he, if you guys are pulling up any old tweets of Yusef trying to out him for anything, right. we don't even actually know if that's what he meant. Exactly. Uh, so I think Yusef should host the Oscars. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I see nothing wrong with it. You, th- you see nothing wrong with it? Yeah. I okay. think Yusef should be able to host the Oscars this year. All right. Um, so <laughs> might be a few issues with that, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> he was scheduled to be in America for three months. And he especially wanted matches with Ernst Rober. I remember that name. And Evan Strangler Lewis. I remember that name as well from earlier in the podcast. Mm-hmm. They were two big stars. So, so in the first month of him being there, uh, Rober's manager, Martin Julian, uh, has a lot of back and forth with Yusuf's uh, management team. And he delays a lot of opportunities for match, which disappointed a lot of the fans who saw it as an opportunity to bring back interest in wrestling after years of hippodroming. 
So they were like, finally, real stuff going right. on. Right. They're like, yeah, everything's been going fake and fixed. And now we got Yusuf, the terrible Turk, who's real, who's real from the Ottoman Empire, from the <laughs> from the Sultan's court. Right. Yeah. Now it's which, time. Which I believe all of this. Right. Right. Yeah. This isn't silly. <laughs> Finally, a real man. <laughs> so on March 26, Yusuf got his chance at Robert as the two faced off in Madison Square Garden. Oh wow! The spectacle of lights. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the most famous arena in, in sports. Yep, the city called. that never sleeps. Yep. Uh, so there's between 6,000 to 15,000 fans, depending on different reports. Okay. Uh, 16 to 15. Wait, wait. 6,000 to 15,000. 6,000. That's a big. So there's a more than 100% discrepancy in how many fans were there. Okay. So, you know, nothing. It's fine. Yeah, you know, I mean, they have a lot of translators to right. go through. Uh, so boxer, the boxer uh, Bob Fitzsimmons was also at ringside and made an appearance at the event. Was he a famous boxer? That a famous I'm boxer. To okay. I mean, you don't have to know about him. Just I don't like, know about him. It's okay. But our fans do. <laughs> Everyone, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they all do. I know. Uh, I was surprised because I've you know as I've been reading this stuff, they talk a lot about John L. Sullivan, who's considered the first um, like heavyweight champion of the world in boxing. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also like, he still has his name in like, uh, alcohol brands. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, and he was a, uh, close friend and trainer with William Muldoon, actually. Um, I remember him from earlier right. on the podcast. So boxing and wrestling have a lot of crossover. Oh yeah. Today. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so how do you think the match goes now that, that Yusuf's here and he's got the chance to, Re-legitimize professional wrestling in America. I bet he. Uh, who's he facing? Rober. Rober. Yeah. I bet he murders him. I bet he murders him. <laughs> yeah. So straight up murders him to bring back <laughs> legitimacy to the sport. So it's a little bit more controversial than that. Okay. Although I guess re- I guess murdering someone would be the most kind of controversial. controversial. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But tell me what's more controversial <laughs> than murder? Steve. Well, he pushed Rober off the platform. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and knocked him unconscious. That is <laughs> controversial. Right. <laughs> Um, so I guess Rober is runs around the edge of the mat. Yeah. Uh, and Yusuf kind of chases after him for most of the match. It's funny because Rober kind of sounds like a dog's name. <laughs> like Rover? <laughs> like Rover. Right. And I picture a dog running around. That's fine if you want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny that, because I'm going to do this later when I listen to my ASMR and think about the matches. I'm going to have a dog running in circles. Okay. <laughs> Instead of Rover. <laughs> yeah. But All that's right. just for me. That's for you. That's yeah. your thing. Um... So everyone agrees that the fans were very unhappy about what happened, but there's disagreement about who's to blame for this. So uh, according to the Los Angeles Herald, uh, Yusuf offered to continue the match after he pushed Rober off. Um, with but he, And he said that Rober could receive the winner's portion of the money either way. If he just continued. wanted to fight. He just wanted to fight. Uh, but the physicians said that they would not clear Rober because he was too injured to continue. Uh, yeah, too much of a bitch. Right. Okay. Uh, Yusuf then also tried to have an exhibition match with Tom Cannon to kind of please please the crowd. Who the one from the Titanic? Uh, sure, we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but the police would not allow it to happen. He said, "Yusuf, you're done because you're so evil. Because you're so evil, you push Robert. We're not going to have you push somebody else off a platform. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what else can go wrong tonight? Right. Uh, so the Los Angeles Times." Uh, was known for printing misleading information or just leaving out details. So just, they. I, this, this is nitpicking. Yep. 
you earlier you said it was the Los Angeles Herald. Is that the same thing as the Times, or are these two different newspapers? These are two different newspapers. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, this one said th- they kind of portrayed Yusuf as a monster <laughs> who uh, not to be confused with the Russian lion roar. That's right. That was a monster. <laughs> well, he did. They said, quote, that he had a ferocious look and growled a terrible growl. Oh, arr, arr, I'm a pirate. <laughs> uh, so they talk a lot about Yusuf pushing Rober and this is where they really play up the, the idea that he knocked him unconscious. And then they also say that, uh, Yusuf danced a jig in the middle of the carpet and waved his arms around his head. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like uh, he's like Rikishi, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, bugging it, bugging it, bugging it. Yeah. <laughs> so Yusuf has a lot of in- influences. You know, they, yeah. he's influenced <laughs> yeah. a lot of wrestlers. Yeah, you can see a lot of Yusuf in Rikishi, uh, Brodus Clay. <laughs> yep. Um, who else danced? Rusev, Iron Sheik. They didn't dance, but does Rusev dance? Uh, no, but oh. th- we already covered that he influenced them as well. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, um, okay. I was talking just dancing. Shawn Michaels. Does, okay, yeah. Okay, you know, yeah, the, the Rock. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know wrestlers. Uh, so Salt Lake City Herald, uh, after this, printed a letter. Yeah, this is this is talked about nationally. Right. Wow, it's a, this big, is a deal. big deal. Yeah, so like it's in New York, and, the, you know, the L.A., and it's everyone's talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they print a letter that was supposedly written by Yusuf. Now, as we know, it goes through a few it's, translations. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know about those. So here's what he had to say. Okay. Do not judge me harshly for my treatment of Rober. I meant the man no harm, and I am sorry that I hurt him. I am a stranger in a strange land. My language is not that of the men who stood with me upon the platform. There was great talk, and many spoke at once. So he continues on, um, and he talks about... Uh, how he's, you know, the top guy and he, how he, he shouldn't need to push Rober off. Right. And then he offers, if Rober will face me again, I will yield to his every condition within the rules and the winner shall take all. But there must be ropes around the platform so that Rober cannot jump off to avoid me. They tell me Americans boast of love of fair play. Give me then fair play. Although I am but a Turk, let me show your people whether I am a wrestler or a vain boaster. Oh, yeah. he wants to prove himself. Trey, is that why ropes were invented? So, uh, ro- I, I think ropes were around b- before them, but it wasn't always. I think boxing, uh, the b- wrestling, and boxing early on did not have ropes around the around the ring. Uh, this was one of the events. That's a big invention. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, so I think it was starting like to become put, more common. That's around. like when they cut the bottom out of the basket in basketball. Right, right. Yeah, it really, just made everything much easier. It does. It helps out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait, so he's like, I don't speak the same language as these people. Right. I didn't and know then, what was going on. So I pushed him off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I Everyone's like, I was confused. Like they didn't, they didn't tell me what to do. Right. Like, so, he, so I was trying to fight him and he was running away from me. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know how the rules translated. Right. Right. I get yeah. it. Uh, apparently like, can I not throw him off there? Oh, and, like knock him unconscious. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How does whoops translate? <laughs> uh, so on April 30th. Uh, also, still in 1898, Yusuf and Rober met again in New York. This ah, time, at what happens in New York stays in New York. That's right. This time, they go to the Metropolitan Opera House, and they also put ropes between the ring posts. This time, all so right. They, they roped off. We got a wrestling ring. ring. That's right. So it's coming together now. Uh, so Yusuf threw Rober into the ropes several times. Irish whip. That's right. And apparently, Rober oh, Tur- was Tur- the Turkish whip. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, apparently, Robo was still trying to run around the corners of the ring. You can't do that, Robo. And uh, make America proud. <laughs> uh, or Germany, Germany. He's German American. Or literally whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so apparently, Robo was still running around, and when Yusuf would push him into the ropes, Robo would like clench his fists as if he was going to punch Yusuf. Mm-hmm. So it got the crowd really riled up. He's like, "Oh, okay, my, this might break out into a, a brawl. brawl." That's right. Uh, so during the match, the crowd was getting so excited that fights actually broke out in the audience. Okay. Uh, including Bob Fitzsimmons, who was there again, the famous boxer. He got into a fight with W.A. Brady, who had recently taken over as Yusuf's new manager. <laughs> okay. So, what? <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure, sure, sure. So, so Yusuf's manager started fighting a boxer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In the, in the, in the, in the audience. Okay. Uh, apparently at one point, uh, Someone from the audience who was of Tur- from Turkey, uh, or is Turkish, uh, from the Ottoman Empire, also tried to rush the ring, and people and more people ended up coming in the ring, and the police had to interfere and stop the fight. Right. Can we just get a straight match between these two? You would think. Are so. you going to tell me they invent the hell in a cell the next <laughs> match? <laughs> uh, so that's unfortunately the last time Yusuf and Rober wrestle each other. But we it don't even know who the better man is. I know. Well, it's Yusuf, but <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Anyone who thinks otherwise can go climb a tree. <laughs> uh, but Yusuf continues on, despite all this controversy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as we're seeing, he's getting gaining a reputation because, like you said, even though there's no official winner, people kind of he talk he, about Yusuf as toss, toss him around. He dominated him. Right. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's not sit here and look at the facts. Right. <laughs> well, I mean... The stats. Right. Like, Yusef. Not look at the scoreboard. Yeah, don't look at the scoreboard. Look at how they played. Right. (laughs) The first one, he just pushed him right off the platform. Right. The second one, Robert's running around everywhere, and, like, he, like, threatens to punch him and then doesn't. It's like, what are you doing? Yep. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I'm I'm on Yusef's side on this one. Me too. Uh, But in May, Yusef beat Tom Jenkins in Cleveland. So he's he's branching out from New York. Finally. And uh, this is, according to some, Cleveland Rocks for the alleged championship of America. So he does this in only 11 minutes. Uh, the Journal News from Ohio said that Jenkins looked like a boy in the hands of the monstrous Turk. Hmm, interesting. So, so Jenkins, who had one of the claims, there's no real world champion around this time. The champion of America. Champion of America. So uh, a lot of people claim to be the champion. Right. Actually, um, I was actually the champion of America at the time, too. You were also? Yeah. yeah. Were you wrestling with uh, Dan McLeod's younger brother, Pat McLeod? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just want to throw that out there. That's fair. Yeah. So he wrestles all comers at this time. He just he just plows through people. Uh, and sometimes he's beating two men in the same day. Damn, handicap matches. That's right. Uh, translate. They, well, they would also have matches sometimes uh, where they would he would go like... He would wrestle the first person in the first fall, and then the second person would come in for the second fall, and then you'd go back and wrestle the third person again. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. So like Gauntlet style, but then, like, the first person. I don't even know what you would call it, whatever that's going on. Yeah. Yusef match. Yusef match. Yusef rules. Yeah. Uh, so he also starts wrestling and catches catch-can matches now, too. He's becoming a bigger <laughs> star, and his legend's growing. Okay. So catches catch cans the sexy wrestling right? That's the sexy wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so here's a story from the Buffalo Inquirer around this time. 
After the first show under Brady's management, the Turk was given 100, 10 $100 bills as his share of the proceeds. Brady nearly dropped dead when the Turk, shaking his head violently, refused the money and said, Me no want bills. Must have gold. Been fooled too much of late. This was easily fixed up, however, <laughs> and the money changed into the yellow metal and handed to the Sultan's favorite. Taking an immense belt, Yusuf placed it all of his gold in the same meaning placed in the belt, and wrapped it around his body and walked away in a very pleasant frame of mind. Two days later, he showed up in Brady's office and handing him back $500, this time asked for the bills of the United States that he had refused before adding, me likes gold, but it's too heavy to carry around. <laughs> he was again made happy by an exchange. Since then, he has been adding to the role, but never once has he removed the belt with exception of the night that he met Tom Jenkins in Cleveland. Okay, so my man's always wearing a belt of gold. That's right. Is this where they got the belts? Uh, I think they were doing boxing belts back to in the early 1800s. Okay. Uh, I don't know that it was made of gold, though. This is I don't know of any other one that was kind of a belt of gold in this one. Okay, and this is in what an in, in insane person would do, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. just wearing gold around his waist. He's like, like a like, belt n- that's holding gold, like actual gold. Right, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's so not a belt made of gold. It's just clarify. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's like a fanny pack of gold. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, in May of 1898, re- reports started to come out that Yusuf is in negotiations to wrestle Evan Strangler Lewis in Chicago. Ah, the Strangler. Oh, I'm joking. So, he's going to wrestle him on June 20th. Okay. So it's advertised as being two out of three falls for the championship of the world, and this time uh, the winnings are $2,500. Jeez. Yeah. Or $2,500. $2,500 is another way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the cha- this championship of the world is kind of interesting. Uh, it seems to be a reference. There is, now like I said, there's no real lineages for a lot of these titles. The one that does seem to have like an official lineage that people would sometimes recognize is the American Heavyweight title. Okay. Who has that? Um, Evan Strangler Lewis is recognized as the American Heavyweight Ooh, Champion at this time. I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, it's unclear. It's kind of a strange, right? Because there's no like governing body or anything of, of the title like we it's would see true. later. Okay. Yeah. But he was widely recognized as the top wrestler at the time. Uh, the title also is called, uh, I've seen it in other reports, called the World Catches Catch Can title, uh, and also just the Championship of America. Um, but it's something that, you know, would be worth digging into later because there is some information about it. Hmm. Um, also interesting, Evan Strangler Lewis, uh, is the inspiration for the name of Ed Strangler Lewis, uh, who I don't know if you've heard of Yeah. (laughs) I don't uh, know who do, that is. You don't know who that is? If I knew of that, I would almost immediately assume that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, he's, well, because people like listening to old time wrestling like podcasts might have heard of Ed Strangler Lewis, but not Evan Strangler Lewis. Who's Ed Strangler Lewis? So, Ed Strangler Lewis was later uh, a world champion in the um, late 19 teens and 1920s. Uh, his real name was Robert Herman Julius Friedrich. Uh, so, he's just kind of a legend and some people will list him today as being the greatest wrestler of all time still you know because i have heard of strangler lewis right so i'm probably i probably heard of this one this is the one i think you've heard of yeah yeah uh so he was a member of the famous group of promoters after he retired called the gold dust trio gold dust yeah gold dust trio so they were kind of the guys who were kind of uh 
a lot of people see as responsible as bringing wrestling into more of the mainstream. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and also, he becomes the manager of Luthez later in his career. Ah, I know Luthez. So he's he was inspired by he was a big fan of Evan Strangler Lewis. I guess as a kid, he had like an Evan Strangler Lewis uh, trading card. And so the story is that when he needed to come up with a, a wrestling name because of the series of events that happened, uh, he was like, "Well, I'll be Ed Strangler Lewis." Right. Yeah. Because copyright laws were very very lax. Minimal, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, get him on ta- back on track. So, uh, Strangler Lewis, Evan Strangler Lewis, and Yusuf are set to be at Tattersall's in Chicago on June 20th. The match is set. That's right. Uh, just Shy Town. Shy Town. So, Windy City. That's right. <laughs> do, you want, do you want any other nick- Chicago nicknames? Uh, Chirac. Chirac, right. Uh, just to give you an idea of what was happening around this time, uh, Tattersall's was also uh, kind of very famous arena for a lot of boxing matches. Okay. Uh, a couple of years after this match in 1900, Terry McGovern and Joe Gans had a very famous boxing match. Uh, and it was famous because it was called a fake fight in the in the papers because Joe Gans claimed that he threw the fight. Uh, this would result in controversy in court cases and eventually resulted in professional boxing being banned for Chicago for the next 25 years. Wow. So They banned a sport? They banned box- boxing in Chicago from 1900 to 1925. Thank God they never figured out about wrestling. Right. Yeah. That would have been weird. So Tattersall's Imagine had- if a city <laughs> banned wrestling today because they were like, wait a second. <laughs> They're not actually fighting. <laughs> That'd be sick. Yeah. We should do that. We should get wrestling banned. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was kind of uh, sketchy in some places when they had the athletic commission, but those were pretty corrupt. Those were weird days. Yeah, those were weird days. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the match takes place in front of 10,000 fans, and uh, unfortunately the match also is kind of controversial. You don't say. Yeah. I feel like every match we've discussed has been controversial. <laughs> Besides Tom Jenkins. Right. Who he just walloped. Well, he's walloping other people, but like that's but, not as interesting. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but every time he's wrestling a big top, top stop. So after three minutes, the match is stopped because the referee, who is named Tim Hogan, um, the incredible Tim Hogan. Uh, Hollywood Tim Hogan. Hollywood Tim Hogan. Hulk Tim Hogan. Uh, he claimed that Yusuf was strangling Lewis illegally. Well, I mean, how, how about a dose of your own medicine? That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. is Lewis was known for a stranglehold. Yeah. That's why he got the name. So take that. So even Lewis's corner, though, announced that they did not think Yusuf was using a legal stranglehold. All right. Then what's the problem? What's the problem? So they're, they're negotiating what's happening because the match has already been stopped and awarded to Lewis. Crazy. So uh, they decided that Lewis would take the winner's end of the money, and they continue like, which is another trend of Yusuf offering that he just wants to. He fight. doesn't care. He doesn't yeah. care about the money. Right. He wants his belt of gold, and he wants to just beat people up. <laughs> uh, and so they offer that that they would also continue the match with a new referee as just an exhibition match. Okay. Uh, so Tim Hogan refuses to allow this to happen. Okay. And uh, he has to be escorted from the ring by the police, and they replace it with a new referee. What? One sec. Okay. Tim Hogan. Who's escorted? Tim Hogan. So they, so Yusuf and and uh, Lewis's corners say, okay, Lewis wins. He'll get the money, but, like, the fans came here. Let's have give him an exhibition match. Not for anything. 
I'll just have them wrestle. And uh, the original referee, Tim Hogan, says, no, I'm not allowing it. Like, this is this match is off. We're done here. Okay. And the police come in and escort the escort. referee okay. out of the ring sure. and say, referee, I know you're trying to have law and order. We, the police, are not going to allow the law and <laughs> yeah, order. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the one higher up from the referee. <laughs> right. That's it goes referee, chief of police. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, they should have had the police referee the match. <laughs> uh, there's this... I haven't found any instances of that, but there's a lot of talk of, of of chief of police directly getting involved in sporting events around this time. I like that. Yeah. Um, so they escort him away from the ring. They bring in a new referee. So once the new match uh, started, after four minutes, Yusef put Lewis in the same hold again. Stranglehold. Stranglehold. Well, not the stranglehold. Right. That's that's what his finisher is called. <laughs> the not the stranglehold. The not the stranglehold. Yusef, not the strangler. Ishmael. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Lewis was awarded the, f- the fall via foul. So he puts him the same in the same hold. And they go into our threes. So they don't stop the match entirely, but they're like, all right, we're going to. Why does he keep doing this? Guys. I don't know. I mean, he, I he gets, I'm kind of with Lewis on this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't, if you strangle the guy and they're like, oh, no, that's illegal. Right. Don't do it again and expect a different result. You would think that. I know you just want to beat people up. You don't care about the money and stuff like that, but it's like. Right. Just beat him up a different way. I know you can. You're Yusef. Right. So, uh, so Lewis is up 1-0 in right. this two out of three falls match. So, in the second fall, uh, Yusef puts on another stranglehold. Apparently, this is a different type of stranglehold from what I can tell. Okay. Uh, and Lewis gives up in six and a half minutes. So, they don't stop the match this time. But Yusef goes back to it's It's called in the papers a stranglehold still. But I, it doesn't seem like it's the same move. I am so confused by these rules. <laughs> uh, so, in the third fall, uh, Lewis submitted again to what's called a stranglehold. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. So, wait, okay. What, okay. So, the... Oh, my God. <laughs> so, he puts him on a strangle... It puts him in a stranglehold. The ref's like, that's illegal. Right. The cops come and take the referee away. <laughs> right. Then he puts him in a stranglehold, and the new ref is like, that's illegal. <laughs> Lewis, you win this first fall. Right. Then he puts him in a stranglehold. <laughs> right. And they're like, yeah, you're good, Yusuf. <laughs> right. He gives up. And then Yusuf wins the match with a stranglehold. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. All right. Caught up. I'm all caught up. <laughs> so he does this in seven. Everything's cleared up for me now. <laughs> so he does it in seven minutes and ten seconds. Okay. So Yusuf is the winner. Congratulations, Yusuf. He won fair and square, <laughs> I well, think. <laughs> well, that's what Lewis says. So after the match, Lewis is quoted as saying, I was licked. The Turk is a better man. Even Lewis doesn't really seem to, <laughs> to notice the hypocrisy throughout the match. I mean, live by the stranglehold, die by the stranglehold. I, guess I, th- so. I think that's Lewis's philosophy. Yeah. Is like, hey, man, you know, like I, <laughs> I, I love it. strangling people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Lewis a better strangler. It's like uh, how the Boston Strangler uh, was killed by uh, hanging. Like they're was like, he? hey, you know, well, he was he hung himself, hung himself. and uh, there's speculation that he was murdered. People don't uh, hang other people much anymore. Right. He might have been stabbed, actually. Oh, okay. But and it, for the purpose of this story, if the Boston Strangler was hung, by I think you're thinking with the Boston Stabber was actually Boston stabbed. Stab was stabbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, I don't remember a lot of things in history that aren't wrestling related. Yeah, I don't remember like a Titanic. lot of things. Okay, so that's fair. It's a good thing you're here. <laughs> uh, so, despite the details of the match, like we talked about, um, showing that saying that it was officially an exhibition match. If you look at the title lineage of the American Heavyweight title, 
a lot of time, most of the time, it says that this is how Yusef wins the American heavyweight title. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I'll take that. <laughs> right. And Luz is like, oh, no, what? He's like, that's mine now. Right. Yeah. He's like, no, it's not. He's like, well, I'm still going to tell people. That <laughs> that's, yeah. me. that's me. Yeah. That'd be sick if that's how it worked now. <laughs> right. Just pin the champion. Like, oh, so I'm the champion now. Right. And they're like, you're not. He's like, well, I just, yeah, shh. But I am. <laughs> right. I'm just going to go to the Empire country and right. tell everyone I am. That's like if like the uh, the Eagles lost a, like a game during the regular season, so right. people like Super Bowl chance, <laughs> 2019, <laughs> we beat the former champs with so. the lineage champions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a, that'd be a good angle. I like that gimmick. Of what? Just beating just the beating former the former Super Bowl champions. Yeah, be claiming like, to be the well, Super now Bowl we're the Super Bowl champions, right? Resulting in a triple threat match at the Super Bowl, <laughs> never before done, right? <laughs> Giant ass football field, yeah. No fans. Allowed. No fan. No, no. It's an empty arena, yeah, triple threat, Super Bowl match. Got huge ratings. Yeah. <laughs> but so, again, I don't really know why, but everything was kind of loose in in regards to those days. So a few days after the match, uh, they have another long meeting, the two sides. And I guess uh, continues to six o'clock in the morning. And the two wrestlers decide to split the purse evenly. Okay. So maybe that's where they, they decided, like. Yeah, maybe that's what like also oh, uh, whatever you're the champ now. Six in the morning. <laughs> right. yeah. We're gonna negotiate till six in the morning. Yeah, this party. <laughs> uh, so like we talked about, Lewis was a kind of a controversial figure himself because he had the stranglehold. Because stranglehold was viewed by people as being brutal and unsportsmanlike, and now Yusuf is using it to win. Yeah. Yep. So and to get the disqualified <laughs> right and to win the title to get like um, for the match to stop right yeah uh so yusuf you kind of have this guy who has this brutal style uh combined with the racism and xenophobia so he's kind of the ultimate heel that no one can beat uh and he's kind of viewed as the top wrestler in the country at this point i don't see how you could argue that yeah but despite you know this so the tour has been a success in america the tour de yusuf that's right. So he's only been there for a few months, and in early July 1898, Yusuf boarded the French liner La Bourgogne, uh, leaving from New York. Which is French for the baloney. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate. It is. Okay. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Because you believe me. You believe all the things I've said so far. Yeah, I'm pretty gullible. <laughs> so. so he hops on the baloney. Uh, he's, but he's not on the official passenger list. Oh, so he sneaks on? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I get the sense that uh, records keeping were not super accurate during this time also, period. Also, he could have been like, he could be like, hey, I need to get on the ship. They're like, you're not on the list. Right. And he's like, I'm the fucking, I'm the terrible Turk. Right. And they're like, oh. Right. And he's a big guy. He's a big guy. He strangles a couple people, gets on. He's 6'11", 330 pounds. <laughs> he's got a 6'2", 260, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, we're all estimating here. <laughs> I mean, the record-keeping, as you said. Right. Go on. I'm sorry. That's all right. There's conflicting reports about what he's trying to do and where he's trying to go. So some people say that he was trying to return to the Sultan and continue wrestling, Mm -hmm. while others saying that he was going to retire to open his his own coffee shop. Oh. Which I'm, I like to think was an inspiration from Antonio Perry. You know, spending all this time was like, oh, he's a cafe owner. I'm going to do the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I like, he, he went to the front of the ship, and he's like, I'm the king of the world. <laughs> and there's that one scene when he's painting the naked woman. Are, are you thinking of the film Titanic? The baloney. The, the baloney. Yeah. The film baloney? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, 
Um, well, things don't, don't <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that. Yeah. So around 5 a.m. on July 4th, uh, La Bourgogne. Okay. Yeah, the French translation. Yeah. Go on. Uh, crashed into an iron sailing ship uh, from England called the Chroma T-Shirt. Oh, um, which stands for uh, chromosomes. I don't, okay. <laughs> uh, and it rips a hole in the side of La Bourgogne. Damn. And you can put it on your face and. You, look, you can, like, talk through it. Yeah. Well, this is a ship, okay. not a piece oh, of yeah, bologna. It's not actually a piece of bologna. Okay. Yep, that's all right. Sorry. So, uh, within a half hour, the ship sank in the North Atlantic, 60 Damn. miles south of Sable Island, near Nova Scotia. Well, that's how abusive can swim. Well, of the 725 passengers, only 163 to 164, depending on the records, were saved by the crew of the uh, Cromati Shire. Not a good percentage. Nope. <laughs> So, yeah, nearly 600 people die in this. Damn, that's not cool. So, early reports criticized the behavior of the crew and the passengers of La Begonia because only one woman survives from the ship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can't swim as well. Oh, okay. Uh, well, they had lifeboats, but <laughs> they could have right. let... Well, like, I mean, like in the Titanic, we talked about the Titanic, they usually, you know, women and children first. Uh, this was not the case in La Begonia. Right. Well, they learned their lesson. <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Titanic was later. Whatever. <laughs> uh, though there are reports. It's kind of a tragic event. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't hear about like there's not. You don't really hear about 600 people dying at once. Right. At the, nowadays. We're doing pretty good. Yeah. Unless it's, a, of course, a genocide. Well, I mean, you know, and this is coming from off in New York. So 600 people dying. And, like, on a ship from America, like, that's a be a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What I'm saying, like, even today, that's a, those are huge numbers. Those are huge numbers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, my numbers are getting translated from Turkish to French to English. Fair head. enough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a tragedy. Okay, yep. <laughs> uh, so there are stories uh, of French priests standing on the deck giving absolution to passengers um, without trying to save themselves. There is some... You know, selflessness going okay, on. Okay, good. So there's some hope for humanity around here. Uh, the captain, uh, according to one report, was just walking back and forth on the bridge, screaming and swearing the whole time as the ship went down. Ah, uh, well, I mean, that's where you get Jack Sparrow. Uh, <laughs> so uh, passengers uh, mostly didn't behave themselves well. Uh, they supposedly were pushing women and children to the back, fighting for survival. Well, they're the weakest. Uh, the women and children. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, well, they were yeah, the punching, kicking, had their knives out. They were a lot of stabbing, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, and there's also in the reports a lot of anti-French prejudice mixed in. Xenophobia, um, like today, uh, even more so back then, was very big. Yeah, they they didn't like foreign people. Right. Um, but back then it was all foreign people though. They didn't really have any pure American. Well, they did, but it's like yeah, not that many. There's a lot of immigration, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But it's always been that it's always been a problem. It's crazy. But whatever. We're getting That's sidetracked. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think immigration's fixed. <laughs> um I think it's broken. Damn. Uh That's mad deep. <laughs> <laughs> but American sailors uh were also said to have murdered people uh, to save <laughs> themselves. It's a fun twist. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Just to save themselves. Like, oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I was like, well, we're going down. Right. And I don't like French people. <laughs> so, so, I mean, might as well do God's work. <laughs> no, I mean, it could have been mixed with that. Yeah. You know? uh, so, in the earliest report. You know, I, if Mark Wahlberg was on La Begonia, it wouldn't have, 
song. <laughs> That's my opinion. That's your opinion? Yeah. I got to win back the Boston fans somehow. <laughs> That's crazy that he thinks that he could have prevented 9-11. But... I mean, he said that about La Begonia as well. Though. La Begonia? Yeah. <laughs> that was there. Yeah. Um, so, in the earliest report I could find, Yusuf uh, is listed as a passenger. Okay. But there's no specific stories about him on the ship. Because he, he, you know, he lays low. That's right. Well, a few days later, the first report with specifics about Yusuf's role in the events uh, comes out when all the survivors come back from Nova Scotia to Boston. Yep. So one eyewitness claims that they saw Yusuf trying to beat off a crowd with a stiletto okay. <laughs> to get to a lifeboat. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Just, you know, sentence to structure. Beat off the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> with a stiletto, too. With a stiletto. I guess the stiletto is actually a short dagger. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a woman's shoe. If you want to imagine it, a woman's I shoe. I pretty sure I'm trying to beat people off with a woman's shoe. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, but as time grows on, the stories grow, including a tale. The tale also starts to begin, uh, including his golden belts. Ah. And that that was what caused him to sink to the bottom of the ocean. Damn. So from the Trenton Evening Times, not without a lot of evidence, mind you, they say that the weight about his waist is what did him to death. When the French liner went down, it was a hand-to-hand fight among the passengers and crew for the possession of the boats. Ismail Youssef... I, why would you not have enough lifeboats? It seems like that was a recurring problem at this time. What's going on? Yeah, I don't think safety regulations yeah. was, like, the biggest thing. Crazy. But I, I guess, you know, Titanic is famous for, like, people putting more lifeboats on it. I guess La Begonia, 600 people, wasn't enough. What's that? Like, What's Titanic famous for? They had Titanic because they did not have enough lifeboats, and they and they and and I think that made a lot of people want to put enough lifeboats. I think that that was a big part in like regulation to get enough lifeboats on ships. Yeah. Um, but La Bagania, six hundred people died. And you don't hear about that as much, and it was the same exact problem. We got to remake the movie La Bagania. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> um, I'm down with the Yusuf movie. This guy was. He, he sounds a, very interesting. He had an interesting few months. Yeah. Um, so they also said Ismail Yusuf was a giant, a wild beast for strength, and he might have thrust scores aside when he made for a boat. But the belt was about him, and he thought more of that than he did of the boat or himself. So he went down with it, and the world has lost a unique figure among her men of might. Rest in peace in one of the greats. Yeah. It's kind of poetic, you know? Pour one out for you, Seth. The greedy, the, this greedy guy with his, who needed his belt of gold yeah. dies because of it. Right. That's just, it's, you know, one of the seven deadly sins. Greed? Greed. Mm. Just goes to show you life's not all about wearing a belt of gold around your waist. Yeah. But, like, most of it is, though, at the same time. Just yep. don't, not just take it off, though, when you're swimming. Right. <laughs> when you're drowning, just take off the belt, though. Yeah. yeah. It's like any other time. Belt of gold. Any, any other time, it's really fine. Right. It like, looks pretty cool, too. It, it's cool. Yeah. And it's, cool, it's a cool thing to talk about. It is very cool to talk about. Like, if, if you're drowning, just take it off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so a lot of these tales have spent, since been speculated that they came from his management team, who were trying to build up his legend. And I was doing some research into the theory that it came from his management team, and I found that actually... And one of the earliest reports of this being the cause did come from T.W. Burt, who was a business manager to Yusuf's manager, W.A. Brady. So this guy, T.W. Burt, 
supposedly worked with Brady and knew Yusuf, and he was one of the first guys to put forward the idea that the belt filled with gold is what, <laughs> what why okay. Yusuf died. Not because, you know, he was in the middle of the Atlantic and uh, 600 other people died. He would have been fine if he just took off his belt of gold. Right, yeah. He yeah. Was, yeah, well, I mean, he was the strongest. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you're fucking 7'2", 450 pounds, you've got to be able to beat people up and take a lifeboat. You probably yeah. could be a lifeboat. Probably could beat off the lifeboat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with a stiletto. Uh, so, Bert estimated that the belt would have weighed between 39 and 40 pounds. And he was quoted as saying, <laughs> I know Yusuf too well to believe for a moment that he how, ever... That he, how much? 35 to 40 pounds? 30, 39 to 40 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the best. <laughs> I love Yusuf. <laughs> That's dedication to the, to the style. Right. <laughs> He's probably so pissed that never caught on. Well, it kind of did catch on. <laughs> kind of caught on, yeah. 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 But not a belt filled with gold. I, I like the idea of on. Cena drowning with a spinner belt. <laughs> just not taking it off. Hustle, <laughs> loyalty, sinking respect. The, sinking in the Atlantic with jorts on. <laughs> just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. I also am now picturing at the end of the Titanic, like old Rose, and she's like looking over the edge of the, the Titanic. And she like then she like bends over and she like struggles to pick up a giant belt of gold <laughs> to drop it in the ocean, but she can't even pick it up. <laughs> like, Oops! And like it's like, cool, 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 and like barely makes it over the edge. Yeah, that would have made a lot more sense the ending of the Titanic if you know a lot of people criticize that they they both couldn't fit on the door. They both did, yeah. But yeah, DiCaprio was wearing a belt of gold. Belt of gold, <laughs> yeah. Don't let go. She's like, I can't hold you. Right. <laughs> you are very heavy with this belt of gold. Why don't you take it off? <laughs> Say, like, Rose, I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> My heart will go. He's just drowning. He's just drowning. Yeah. So I, sick. I beat the strangler with a stranglehold <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for this. Uh, um, so, yeah, uh, T.W. Burt says that he I know Yusuf too well to believe for a moment that he ever thought of throwing away his gold. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the question. <laughs> right. So, just... Uh, so this was Yusuf's team, and despite Yusuf having just died tragically, uh, they're building him up as a horrible monster who is full of greed. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's probably just too greedy. That's why I died. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So Bert also says, I don't believe that Yusuf has, many, has left many American friends behind for him, for he disgusted everybody with his beastly manners. Mm. So this isn't in the tributes to Yusuf, right? So immediately they start ramping up the legend of Yusuf's greed and terror. In August, uh, a report from a ship. So this is a month afterwards. Uh, there's a ship passing by the wreckage, claimed to see the bodies of five people with life belts, including one whose body was of unusual size. And the newspapers take this to mean that this was probably Yusuf. He was an unusual size. Yeah. In October, um, another report comes of a body washing up on an island. It's very hard to tell from the report what island he's actually landing it on. Mm-hmm. Um, Samoa. It might be a Samoa. Yeah. It's, it's, it, was, it was definitely one with an S. It could be Sable Island, or it kind of it's kind of phrased as being Superintendent Island, which I can't find as existing. Okay. And the people who run islands were called superintendents. So, okay, so it might just be... Uh, confusing. Confusing. Yeah. Maybe Sawaii. So, Sawaii? Yeah. It, like Hawaii, but with an S. I mean, that wasn't in the... Report. I feel like you just try to put together words that begin with S. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but in this case, the person was said to be wearing a leather belt with a large sum of gold in it. But he's floating? He's floating. 
He fl- he, fl- well, he floats up onto shore. We should do. We gotta do a MythBusters thing of like how much gold can you wear on your waist to drown? Yeah, because like forty pounds. Yeah, actually, forty pounds is probably drown. <laughs> he probably, probably would go down. Um, so they say that he had. They both say that he definitely lost a bunch of uh, the gold and the belt, undoubtedly. Fish probably ate yep. it. They also say that... Uh, That's how mermaids are made, actually. From, from what? <laughs> from fish eating gold? <laughs> fish eating gold, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two fish eat gold, then they procreate, then they give birth to a mermaid. who lays They lay an egg like fish do, and then a mermaid comes out of the egg and swims to the top. Okay. And then it becomes a siren. Which is maybe the island of sirens. <laughs> so they say that there was $10,000 <laughs> in $20 gold pieces in the belts. Uh, but also the... What's so, the, the right. they, so it was all $20 pieces in the belts? Oh, they're little gold coins. Little gold coins. I'm thinking like chunks of gold. Like That's gold, gold bars. I think it's gold coins. Okay. That makes more sense. Uh, or gold pieces. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so confusing. Yeah. Uh, the report also claimed that the face has been partly eaten by fish. Okay. So damn, yeah. So the gold probably was eaten by fish too. Then probably if they ate the face, if they ate the face, then they probably ate the gold. That's right. the old. That's in the uh, the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> so when he's talked about years after his death, there seems to be a split. Of sometimes people try to portray him as a cowardly foreigner. Yeah, like a cowardly lion. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like the Russian lion. Yeah. <laughs> That's getting better. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. <laughs> Uh, and others are getting nostalgic for real fighters <laughs> of the past where men used to be men. Damn. So I don't like that. Yeah. So he becomes kind of a, this, this figure that's only exists in legend. Uh, George Botner, who wrestled Yusuf during the tour, uh, would recount about the bout years later saying that he was a modern Hercules and he knew how to apply his punishing strength he was quick as a jungle cat and master of all holes. I like that. That was very poetic. Botner. Good work. Yeah. Uh, a rumor arose years later that Yusuf was not actually Turkish. What? It was actually a Frenchman. Whoa. That's uh, a big twist. It seems like there was a one terrible book. Frank. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like there was just one. Was that one German actually? Frank is Frank's French. Frank's, uh, Frank's is French. Okay. Yeah. yeah terrible Frank. Go. Good work. Okay. Uh, but there's really no evidence for this. I think that there's like one book that had like a pictorial history of professional wrestling, had a picture of him and misidentified him as. They were just like, oh, he was here once, yeah. and they're like, oh, he must be French, right? Yeah. And supposedly one person I saw someone did an investigation on like why did you say that he was French, and the guy who wrote it was like, oh, I don't know, I did research years ago, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. So. It seems like the well. Tur- guess what? We're clearing it up here. He's, yeah. He was Turkish. He was, he was Turkish. from the Ottoman Empire. The uh, and it seems, from what I can tell, that there's a lot of Turkish documentary uh, information about him that I couldn't really understand. But so you know what that means we got to go to the Ottoman Empire, right? <laughs> Which still exists. We need to find someone who can speak both both Turkish and French. Okay. Translate Turkish to French, then translate French to English to us. Yes, and we need to access the file. Wait, wait, can you have do you have access to the files? It's online. The Turkish files, but you just can't read them? I just can't read them. Okay. I yeah, we, that's them. much easier. In my mind we had to travel far <laughs> to like we had to like go to like uh, Turkey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, well it seems like the Turkish wrestling community does remember him fondly. We should go to Turkey. Is Turkey go in Turkey? turmoil? It's not great there, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do a little role playing, okay? Perfect. All right. So you're a promoter. 
you have this top foreign mysterious star with a great nickname and this great reputation. He's beating everybody, and but now this natural national tragedy comes along and makes him an even bigger star, that, to the point where they're talking about him months after his death. Yes, and but you got this problem because you you have all this to work with, but you can't make any money because the guy's dead. So what would you do in this scenario? Fake Diesel. Fake Diesel. Yeah. So that's basically what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so on September twenty fourth, in eighteen ninety eight. In the middle of the reports, while Yusuf's body is being talked about, uh, and sexy ass body. That's right. Antonio Pieri, yeah, the, the, my man, the, the terrible, my French, Greek, Greek, Italian man. Yeah, he announces that a new terrible Turk has arrived in America. Shut up, shut your mouth. And before when they were promoting Yusuf, they said that no one in, in uh, the Ottoman Empire had ever beaten Yusuf. Wow. But now Antonio Pieri says the guy he's got, he beat him. What? Yeah. This new terrible Turk beat Yusuf? The new terrible Turk. Her- How dare you besmirch the name of the deceased? Well, I mean, you know. He doesn't even have a leg to stand on. <laughs> he can't defend himself. He's dead with his gold. That's right. I'm pissed. That's yeah, okay. I'm furious. So that's the end of the story of the terrible Turk. Uh, this terrible Turk. Yeah. Next episode, we're going to talk about this new terrible Turk. The new terrible around. Turk. Yeah. And his name, Hali Adali. Hali Adali. Yeah. And that translates in American <laughs> the language of America to goodbye folks <laughs> thanks for joining us holly dolly dolly all right thanks everybody that's our first episode uh this is steve barker um i just wanted to jump in here at the end for a few corrections and clarifications so early in this episode, I implied that ancient Greek chariot racing was fixed. I don't know if that's true, but what I was trying to say was that it was the 19th century hippodromes that had chariot racing where the promoters realized in Europe um, and France and England that it would be more for entertainment and be more entertaining if it was if they fixed those races. So I'm not trying to throw any shade out in the ancient Greece chariot racing i apologize to any ancient greek people who may be listening to this we also made a lot of reference to yusuf and rusuf being from the same country uh we didn't name what that country is so yusuf was from what is modern day bulgaria which at the time was part of the ottoman empire and rusev is from bulgaria and also, if uh, anyone's interested in sending us an email for any other clarifications or to, any ideas for shows that you want to listen to in the future, you can email us at hippodroming at barkstevens.com. Um, that's hippodroming at B-A-R-K-S-T-E-V-E-N-S dot com. Uh, you can also send us uh, a tweet and follow us on Twitter at hippodroming, just hippodroming. Um, We will talk to you again soon.